Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. Once again, it's been a hot minute, but what's going on, everybody? Welcome in to the final episode of Underground Sports Philadelphia for the year 2020, episode number 292. We've got a lot to dive into. KB and Matt coming at you live from Underground Studios. As always, show brought to you by our incredible local sponsors who stuck with us throughout all of 2020, which we can't. Stated enough how thankful we are for that. Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21 Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novick Auto Mall, Mark Ronchetti, CPA LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. And of course, our friends who joined us during the year 2020, they had no real logistical reason to do so, but they took a gamble on us. And that's our friends over at Tomahawk Shades. The best in eyewear in the market. You guys see me wearing my Tomahawk Shades Blue Light Plus collection every single live show. I feel like my eyes have like gained more youth throughout the uh, the pandemic since we partnered up with Tomahawk Shades and I started wearing their products because my eyes feel much more rested when I'm staring at screens all day long. And if you're still working from home, you know if you're streaming like Dom does almost every single day on his his Twitch channel. You should be wearing blue light plus glasses protecting your eyes because you only get one pair. So make sure you're taking care of them. Right now, head over to TomahawkShades.com, fill up your cart, put as many you know pairs of sunglasses, blue light plus glasses. They even have watches over on their website. Fill up your cart, and when you go to checkout, use our promo code USP. You're going to save 25% off your order, and right now, for a limited time only, free domestic shipping on all orders at TomahawkShades.com. They're the best in the business. You should be rocking them just like we are. Tomahawk Shades, a quality product for an affordable price. Promo code USP at checkout gets you 25% off your order. You're paying three quarters of the price for an already affordable product. And uh, there's not much else that you can beat for the price of Tomahawk Shades. And of course, support for Underground Sports Philadelphia is brought to you by our friends over at Manscaped. We've got some big things planned with in 2021, and uh, you guys will be hearing about that soon. But support for the show is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience, and that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. They spent 18 months, their engineering team did, perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and just released the new and improved lawnmower 3.0. Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to advanced skin safe technology pioneered by Manscaped. 
And when we tell you this is premium, guys, we mean premium because the battery is going to last you up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. The waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower. And one of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. You guys listen to this show each and every week, twice a week typically. And if you're listening on a consistent basis, we want you to experience the Manscaped experience for yourself. Trim that junk of yours. Get 20% off and free shipping with our code USP at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. That's right. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code USP at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code USP. What's going on, Matt? Living the dream. We, uh, we're back in studio and, uh, you know, still no James Harden trade. He could potentially be in the market for the lawnmower 3.0, help trim up the beard, but it's looking a little. It could definitely manscape a little. <laughs> uh, Sixers though, looking pretty solid, and they are right on par for our preseason prediction for the month of December, of only one loss. Yeah, I mean, if you would, you look at the schedule, and if I said going into New Year's Eve they're three and one, I don't think anyone would have had any uh, arguments about that. Obviously, the one loss <laughs> that uh, that cropped up for us against the Cavs was a pretty bad one, and I think brought back a lot of unfortunate memories of the last few years. Uh, it's happened a few times to the Cavaliers as well. So obviously, when you don't have Embiid, though, you know we we know this team's record isn't very good. But overall, it's been a, a pretty good start, all things considered. And I think that's really important this season. Is now than any other years that context is really important. You know, when you have a shortened preseason like we did, half the teams in the league haven't played a game in nine months. The rookies haven't played a game, a competitive game in that long either. And they had a short preseason to get used to, you know, being in an NBA offense, being in the NBA, defending, all that all that comes with it. Um, and, you know, we had a pretty big roster shuffle as well. You know, two new starters again. <laughs> so, and, you know, a pretty reshaped bench as well. So, in that respect, I think being at 3-1... and one, you know, it, they weren't like the most outstanding performances. I think last night was probably the best performance, but even then the first half was pretty brutal. Um, the second half is where you saw a lot of, of goodness from the Sixers, but overall, you know, you'll just take the wins and move on, and you expect this team to improve as the, as the year goes on, hopefully. But, you know, we also said this a lot last year, didn't we? That's we had very some true. impressive wins early on. We felt good, and turns out a lot of those weaknesses uh, just kept cracking throughout the year, and... Um, you know, hopefully this year is, is different in that way. And last night, that Raptors game on Tuesday night, that's a game last year that they don't win, which was impressive to me where it's like, okay, they're learning to win. They had some odd things go on, like the Aaron Baines three-pointer getting overturned, which never happens. <laughs> um, I saw on Twitter somebody say, you know, this isn't the most controversial Raptors three-pointer uh <laughs> that i wanted to get overturned but i'll take it uh it was that, a bizarre call. that never happened I've, that, it was like five minutes later i swear that 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 got called back so that was strange you know yeah you're right that that's definitely a, a rare occurrence though officiating last night i don't think that either team any favors the um, tony brothers yeah well <laughs> <laughs> it's it's 
you know, the, the one thing the Sixers have done well, though, so far this year, relating to that, is getting to the foul line a lot. The only game that they haven't won, they didn't get to the foul line mm-hmm. as much as they had in the other games, right? And a big part of that is Embiid, again, with the, the pump fakes. You know, he's talked about it publicly, and I think it's it's become a real thing that, for whatever reason, defenders bite on it. It's not like this guy's a lights-out shooter. Like, Steph Curry doesn't get people to bite on pump fakes the way Embiid does. I don't know what it is. I don't, he has this kind of... It's awkward and slow, which I think throws defenders off a, a lot, but he just has this way of drawing defenders in and either getting a foul or creating space for himself. And last night was just, I think, another tremendous performance from him. Um, obviously, it helps now that the Raptors don't have someone like Gasol. They don't have a Bach anymore. So, you know, we've seen that pretty much all throughout Embiid's career. When you don't have a center that can match up with him, he's going to have big nights like he did. And I think that should give... You know, Sixers fans, a lot of promise as we like, you know, think about the playoffs in this year and what that could mean. If you have a healthy Embiid, there's no one in the East, and this has been the case, and it's likely to continue to be the case. There's not really a center. There's not really another big that matches up very well with him. Um, Marcus Sol and Ibaka were really the two guys that seemed to get the worst of him over the years. Um, but yeah, you know, he's he's been great so far this season when he played. Um, obviously there's going to be like some load management like we saw with Cleveland, right? If he's feeling any kind of tightness. And again, we have to keep that in mind with this year. Like these guys are at a long layoff now, uh, you know, and then like a, a short preseason, it's a condensed season as well. Like there's going to be more rest probably than I think we're accustomed to. And there's going to be some losses like in Cleveland where it, not quite a schedule loss, but you know, when you just decide to rest guys and think of the long term, that's what you have to do. Um, so, you know, just, I think, prepare yourselves for that. But they're in a, they're on a good path now, and they face the Magic tomorrow, which is surprisingly, you know, like a top-of-the-East matchup. The the one team that you don't want to face as you get, like, this momentous win where you haven't beaten the Raptors in what seems like a decade. Uh, now you play the Magic, who you typically, you know, only score 80 points against. Yeah, this, this screams Markel Fultz, like, revenge oh game, uh, which would be frustrating. This is the best Magic start they've had in their, their history, um, so it only makes sense that they get to beat us to end this. <laughs> Dwight Howard revenge game. Yeah, it could, it could very well be a, a revenge game for Dwight, but, yeah, I mean, it's, it's tough. You know, we know the East is going to be really – one through eight is pretty hard to predict who ends up where, and so far this season, that's – you know, kept up the pace. The Raptors 0-3, um, even though they've looked pretty good so far this year, they've had just struggles with, I think, some consistency late in the game. A little bit of unluckiness, too. You know, I think last night there was some unlucky, you know, bounces for them. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the East is, is really, really competitive, and that's obviously, you know, good in a way, but also it's going to make every game that much more meaningful right now, right? So, you know, we've seen how good the Nets have looked, right? But they just had a, a pretty serious injury uh, in Dinwiddie, so he's likely done for the year. Um, but yeah, I mean, you look at the Magic, the Hawks, the Pacers, the Sixers, the Cavs are bizarrely 3-1. and one. You expect that to kind of blow over um, teams like the Knicks, the Celtics, the Bucks, the Heat, who just got embarrassed on national TV last night, and the Raptors, you expect to work them themselves into the playoffs. So it's tight race now, but, you know, if you can – build up some wins against a, a really difficult conference, a really difficult division early on and have that as kind of a life preserver late in the year, that that could be crucial. What have you made so far of the new guys? Because I've been pretty overly impressed for the most part. Like Danny Green obviously was like one of four last night, I think, but the one three he made was, you know, a, a monumental play that led to the Sixers winning. Seth Curry had his best game arguably last night. Uh, as a Sixer, and Dwight Howard, I think, has just been 
blowing everybody's expectations away for like just how like the type of person he is like he's yeah. become that veteran leader who has taken on that role of just being a mentor to a ton of these young guys on the roster yeah it was i think there's a legitimate question about dwight going into last year and what his kind of attitude was because he you know let's be honest he's had some of those problems throughout mm-hmm. his career but it seems like you know obviously we weren't sure if like He's on LeBron's team. We know what LeBron's leadership style is like. We know that everyone falls in line in those kinds of teams, especially because the ultimate goal is winning a championship, and you're very likely, if you're paired up with LeBron, to at least see an NBA Finals and have a shot at it. So you weren't sure, once he's away from that situation, is he going to have kind of that same fire, let's say. It seems like he has it again, which is great, and I I think we'll do this team a lot of good. And, yeah, I mean, he's we've been cycling through these kind of backup big men and – he's been able to fill in really well, which is good. I mean, it's exactly what we need. Um, you know, we're never going to have, you know, a great situation off the bench, someone that can re- replicate what MB does because you don't just find guys like that, obviously. But yeah, he's he's been as good as you can expect from a, a backup. And I think Seth Curry has been really impressive. Danny Green is kind of what we expected a little bit. Like you said, right? He hits he hits that big shot last night, but overall his like volume isn't, is not going to blow your mind. Um, but he's a guy that, especially if he gets hot, we, we've seen it throughout his career, is someone that can absolutely win you playoff series. He can win you championships, right, with his shooting. So and he's coming off of like two months rest and right. back-to-back NBA Finals appearances in his career, and he's 35. Yeah, he's he's the type of guy that you have in mind for you know May and June. He's not mm-hmm. winning you games. It's like you know like Andre Iguodala, right? right. Like you not you don't sign Andre Iguodala to win you games in December. You want him for the playoffs you want to sign for, Andre Iguodala in March right you want him for game sixes you don't you don't really care so much about game four of the NBA season um and I think Danny Green's kind of in that same situation with his career but even then he's going to be productive he'll have nights where he'll absolutely win us three or four games mm-hmm. this year no doubt about it like Seth did last night um yeah they, they've all been good you know and again when you consider that so much has changed and they're stepping into a new situation and so quickly I think it's been about as good as you can expect, given those circumstances. People will want more. That's natural. Um, but I think this is this situation that we're currently in is pretty good. Um, you know, and again, I, I think this is this is just something that's going to improve as the year goes on, just naturally, because you know the fact that the more these guys actually play with each other, get to know each other, obviously, the better uh, this team is going to be. What have you made of? I guess you could say the two most controversial guys on this team from a fan standpoint being Matisse just kind of looks lost. Yeah. And then last night, good game, but Tobias's first four games up and down. If we can get more of what we got against the Raptors from Tobias, and I think it was a good sign that he performed that way against what you'd consider an upper echelon team. Sure, they're not what they were when they won a championship, but, you know, the Raptors have given the Sixers trouble, yes. like we said, for years. And so, Raptors have perennially advanced further and you know yeah. had better playoff success than us even outside the chip. Yeah. So <laughs> it's like to see that from Tobias against an upper echelon team was good, but you need that more consistently. And since he's been a Sixer, we haven't really seen that from Tobias. Yeah, it's, it's hard. And I, I think... One out of four is kind of what we've gotten from Tobias his entire yep. time here. You know, one out of four games is pretty good. It does obviously fill you with a little more hope when it comes against a good team like Toronto. I think it's a lot of times it's like a, a confidence thing with him, though. You know, it's like it's mm-hmm. like a, a willingness to go out there and just be aggressive. And, you know, this is the type of player he can be. And I think it's just a mentality kind of point of view. And maybe, you know, 
he starts to get more comfortable with that role and get some of that confidence back. I think it's been hard on him. You know, players hear what fans say. They, they see Twitter. Yeah. They, they know when guys are, when, when fans are really down on them or slandering them or in Fievel's case, throwing them in every trade machine possible for the last 10 months. Um, we know that that affects players. So that's a bummer, obviously, right? That even on a good night, people are still slandering Tobias, you know, it, it, it gets exhausting. You know, his his contract, he's obviously always going to be overpaid here. But you're right. If he can perform like that, then, then people will talk about that contract less and less. But for him, it's just been about consistency his entire career here. Um, and maybe this is the year that he figures it out because it's a better situation for him. And this is why I was always pro if you're choosing which contract to get rid of between him and yes. Horford. It was Horford because Tobias, a night like that gets you far. You know, that that's, that's the type of performance. It complements his team. Right. Horford did not. Horford was really, uh, you know, a, a, a round peg in a square hole, which is mm-hmm. never really going to work here. Fit-wise, Tobias can. Um, he's just, you know, it's a contract that's really hard to move off of. As far as, as far as Matisse goes, it's more difficult. And I've been like a, been a pretty vocal defender of Matisse, and I think people have been too quick to just want him off the team. Yeah. And I think it's been aggressively wanting him off the team. Like there's a difference between saying that he's like. He's expendable, right, and that he could be included in trades and, like, it sucked, but, you know, if that's what it takes to get a James Harden or, you know, get off a bad contract, then you're willing to do it. Um, I think he's been downright, like, just abused (laughs) on Twitter, which just sucks because, like, no one deserves it, obviously, but you you especially as a fan of the Sixers shouldn't be, like, so readily... I don't know. It just feels like a lot of people feed off like this negativity about like mm-hmm. Sixers constantly, either the team or an, an individual player. He obviously hasn't been good this year. There's no defense for that. It, it's, it hasn't been a defensible campaign from him so far. But four games in, it's tough. I mean, I feel like we should be giving every athlete, everybody really, a little bit of leeway in what is like the worst year of all of our lives. <laughs> I feel like, I, you know, I don't know. We can excuse some bad performances at work. I think everyone's suffered, you know, at their job a little bit this year. So I don't want to be too harsh on him, but he hasn't scored a point through the first four games. That's been his biggest knock, obviously, is that offensively he just hasn't been good enough at the NBA level. And even the defensive stuff hasn't quite been the impact that we're used to from him. Um now, again, some of that can obviously be explained by his role being in flux right now, and he's seeing kind of a, a less significant minutes than we saw at points last year. And, you know, some of that hunger, it's hard to say if it's there or not, or if it's just, you know, it's, it's a weird transition now. And again, I think it's the same, I think, slack you can give everyone else on the team and that everything's new. It's a new head coach. There's a bunch of new assistant coaches. There's a bunch of new players. It's a very weird year. You're playing without fans. I know that they had the bubble and everything, but it's it's a different year, you know. And I I'm willing to give him time. Obviously, to figure it out. If he's included in some kind of hardened package, I'd miss him because I I think he's not the worst player to have like on a, a mm-hmm. rookie controlled. Con- I think everyone forgets that too. It's Just not picked like, up his option. Like he's he's a fine player to have on, on you know a team as like a tenth man. You're like yeah. I, I don't I don't see, <laughs> I just don't get it. I'll never really understand the five hate because he's. He's not a bad teammate. Obviously, we know he struggles. He's not like the perfect NBA player, and this is likely kind of just what he's going to be. There's not some huge ceiling for him, um, but he's not costing you a ton. I think he's a tradable asset as well. I think he can be thrown in as kind of a nice little mix in for someone. Um, and I don't, I don't, I just, I'll never understand the the haste people have to get rid of him. Obviously, though, if that's what, if he's the 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 linchpin 
in a Harden deal. <laughs> like he's the thing kind of pushes it over the edge, then sure. But um, I wish people would be a little more positive when they like talk about the team and like you can be critical of players, you can be critical of how they they play and all that. But it just gets exhausting, you know, going on Twitter and seeing outrageous negativity. Yeah, and I think the team's three and one. Yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> they're playing well. Um, it might be ugly, but they're winning, so right. that's good. Uh, I heard Keith Pompey say what you want about Keith. Uh, bring up a good point. When I think it was either on a podcast or he was on calling into WIP or something, and he said, you know, Matisse is coming off an ankle injury. If it was Brett Brown that was still the head coach, Brett knows what Matisse is and can be like, all right, get right back in there when you're ready to go. Doc Rivers is your, now your head coach. You got to prove to Doc Rivers what you can do, and Doc has to see how you're going to fit into the way he coaches, the way he game plans things. And I think that's kind of a knock for Matisse right now is that he's, like you said, there's a new coaching staff. They're trying to figure out what Matisse does well for their system. And, you know, he's just behind the, the eight ball right now. Yeah. And, you know, Doc Rivers isn't known for his warmth towards rookies mm -hmm. uh, or or young players like or it, his son <laughs> you know it's it's not that's not like his like trademark is oh he's a great developer of young talent like no typically his knock has been that he prefers you know like established veterans over mm -hmm. young guys right so um i think you know we have to be patient with matisse because my vision is he's likely on the team for his contract <laughs> and probably even further so i i just you know I don't get the point in, in slandering him so much. Um, that's not to say that there are areas of his game that can certainly be improved. Obviously, like we need, we really need him to improve in these in in, in shooting at least. Like he needs to be scoring something. Um, I trust that the defensive capability will come back. And yeah, it's it's an entire betting in process for this whole team. You know, everyone's going to look a little awkward at points, and we've we've seen it at times through stretches and games. So, I I think. Um, I think everyone should be a little patient again with, and this is, I think for every sport this year, just with how weird everything's been and there's so much going on outside of it. Um, you know, everyone's going to be kind of struggling a bit at, at least at some point this year. So I just say uh, the team's three and one. <laughs> this is a, if, it, if you had been offered this a month ago, you would absolutely yep. have taken it. Um, so what's the complaining about? And we're still in the running for James Harden. So let's just, where do you sit on that? Since you, bring up James Harden everything that's developed since the last time we were live and we did a podcast together a lot has developed with James right. Harden uh where do you kind of sit on the the Harden scale give me him <laughs> um, <laughs> anyone but Embiid is, is I'm cool you give me James Harden he is one of the most unbelievable offensive players I've seen in my lifetime and I've seen some really good <laughs> basketball players in my life um this is a guy that any given night will give you 34 points. Sixers haven't had a player like that ever. I'm AI was the closest. And even then, like, that's just not the, the we have realistically a lot of respect to like Moses Malone, Dr. J, Allen Iverson. Embiid now in my mind, isn't in that, in those types of conversations. He could be, we've had lots of great players. Will Chamberlain, like name it. The Sixers have seen some, some great teams, great players. James Harden instantly in that conversation, like a hundred percent. Like he's already day, day one. As soon as he puts the uniform on one of the top five Sixers ever, like he just is. He's an amazing player. It's a guy that's a perennial MVP candidate. He's an unbelievable scorer. He can just 
he can do anything he wants on the basketball court. And he's a great passer, too. He has this weird reputation that he's like a selfish, like, pound-the-ball player. No, <laughs> it's just not true. The numbers are very accessible. He's he's fantastic. Um, ben Simmons is obviously the guy that's in the conversation the most, and that's mostly because no other team has a guy as good as Ben Simmons um, to kind of give up in a deal, plus, you know, any additional picks or players. What, what would he say about Ben Simmons, right? He's a great defensive player. Absolutely mm-hmm. no doubt. And I think his defense so far this season has looked amazing. Ask Siakam what it was like last night, you know, breathing down his neck. Like RJ that. Barrett. <laughs> right. I mean, Ben Simmons walks on the court and says, neither one of us is going to shoot efficiently tonight. Yeah. Like, we are both going to, <laughs> we are both going three for 12. Like, that's just, that's just how it is, though. And I think, obviously, that can't be discounted. Think of how good Ben is defensively. James Harden is three times that offensively. And he's not, he has this weird reputation as well for being like terrible defensively. It's not true. <laughs> he's, mm-hmm. he's a perfectly passable defender. And guess what? You can scheme that. You can pick up guys that can play defense. Like that's, that, that doesn't change anything. The only thing that people can say about Ben offensively that is a good creator and James Harden is better than him at that. I mean, it's just the truth. He's just a better player than him. If that's the choice, you do it. If you get James Harden, this team is immediately top two for the championship. I think the only team you'd, you'd say, like, odds-wise, and I think fan sentiment-wise, would probably be the Lakers. Like, James Harden, he's fantastic. And we know what Embiid does to Anthony Davis. Right. I mean, that that's the thing is, you know, think of how good those Rockets seem. And I feel like we've forgotten very quickly that those were great teams, you know, 65-win teams that just happened to be at the same time as another like historically great team you know if the Warriors didn't exist we'd be talking about how great those Rockets teams were and that's just you know unfortunate and they were an injury a fluke injury away from probably winning a championship because if they go to the finals that year it's over they're not like Cleveland really wasn't going to be able to match them so but they didn't and I think that'll be a knock on Harden right if, if he stays in Houston or wherever he goes um, but he'd be great here and I, I listen I don't like Harden as a person I think everything <laughs> he's done off the basketball court sucks and I don't really like root for him as a human being, um, but he's a great basketball player that can't be denied. The day he steps on a Sixers court, he's one of the best Sixers ever. And I think you do you do what it takes to get a player like that. And it's not it's really not even a question. Um, I know that we're all like in love with Ben Simmons. Well, we're not all in love with Ben Simmons. I know that there is still a faction a faction of Sixers fans that really believe in Ben Simmons. I think there's you're fair. It's Whatever. You want to believe in Ben, that's fine. But this is who he is. He's shown no growth. He's shown no development on the offensive side. I wish that the development, the leaps that he was taking defensively were just a little bit on the other side. It's a guy that's unwilling to shoot three-pointers. He got publicly challenged by Brett Brown. Whether you think that was right or wrong, whether you think that was a good decision or not, he got publicly challenged. He didn't answer that call. A guy who he trusts. guy who he trusts. I don't know. You know, like, there's just... Show me the money at some point, you know, like you have to be willing to, to take those steps and leaps. And at one, at what point can you just not be patient anymore? I don't get it. You know, the same people that are willing to ship Matisse off to yeah. Cole Island are like, well, Ben can still turn around. It's like, we're going to be saying that when Ben is 32, that this is the year that he like doesn't shoot like 65% from the free throw line. Like at some point he has to improve. That's just the facts. Um, so I wish people would stop holding on to this belief that like, well, this is the year it's like, I really need to see it because he he just doesn't doesn't take those leaps and that sucks. And James Harden's a better player. So if you have the option, 
if that's what it takes, I think you have to pull that trigger because immediately with James Harden on this team, you're you're looking at a fantastic, fantastic team. Totally, you look at the East this year, right? This could be a down year for the East. I, I know the Nets have looked really, really good. Mm-hmm. Celtics kind of in a weird situation. Yeah, Kem is going to be out for we're not really sure how long. That's a huge loss for them. That's going to be hard to come back from. Outside of that. You have the Bucks, who are going to be great in the regular season again, like we've seen. And they've already looked up and down. Right. You know, everyone everyone's going to be a little bumpy, a little inconsistent this year. If there was a year to really take advantage of that and and you know just add an MVP player, this is this is the year. It's absolutely the year to do that. So, yeah, I, I think you know. Long story short, trade for James Harden if we can. Do you think it happens? I don't know. I, I Daryl wanna... Morey's been very right. hashtag online about Ben Simmons is staying here. He's our guy dunking on Howard Eskin, which I mean we can all get behind. But yeah, I mean I'll never <laughs> I'll never stop Daryl from doing that. It's but... funny every time there's a Howard Eskin tweet that goes like semi-viral, I have a muted. So like nice. I just I have to like <laughs> I like I already know what I'm about to click into usually. Because uh, I usually want to see at least what yeah. stupid thing he said recently. But, yeah, I, obviously Daryl Morey like, is not going to come out and say, yeah, we want James Harden. Mm-hmm. Because Except in his uh, anniversary right. auto-tweets that he yeah. got fined 50 50K, 50K for that. It. Tough scene. Um, he, he obviously isn't going to come out and say, like, we want James Harden. We don't... You want to build up your own players. You also want to build up their value. Like, if you're mm-hmm. talking and praising Ben, you know, and it was weird. We saw, like, a lot of, like... Really nice pieces about Ben Simmons this offseason and how yeah. he's really looking better in all this. And, you know, we, we haven't seen that translate quite yet to the court. Who knows? Maybe it will. Let's hold out hope. Um, so, you know, something tells me that some of that is just, you know, kind of raising value of a player. Like, well, I don't know. Ben has looked really good this year. Think of how great he is defensively. Like, he has to say all the right things. I think Daryl knows, like, He's not an idiot. He knows that having a guy like James Harden on this team instantly makes you better. You know, we, we talk so much about Hinky, right, and what his, like, philosophy was, which is just get stars on your team, either by drafting or through trading or free agency. But drafting is the easiest way, right? Well, not easiest, but you can control that by getting tons of lottery picks, right? But even if you're just trading for someone, if you can get someone as good as James Harden, you do that. And Daryl Moore is going to think along the same lines. Like he's, <laughs> I can guarantee you, he would absolutely want James Harden on this team. What gets difficult is Houston's situation because they obviously want to keep someone like James Harden. Makes a ton of sense. He's a great player. <laughs> he's scoring 39 a night. Why would you not want that guy on your team? And they're going to ask for a lot to get him. It, it depends on what type of relationship continues on from now between Harden and the front office and the owner and how willing he's been to you go out partying and break COVID protocol. Um, you know, at what point does that maybe lead to like a real like fraction there? Right. And like, right. That there's, all right, we need to get this guy out, you know, because we've seen a lot over the years, you know, players forcing a trade. Right. And we've seen mixed messaging, right? Like with Anthony Davis and the Pelicans, they were pretty firm on getting what they deemed acceptable yes. for Anthony Davis, Paul George, when uh, he got traded to the Thunder, right? Like he got like the the Pacers were like kind of clinging to him, right? We weren't really trying to move him. And then when he goes to the Clippers, 
it's it's kind of the, the opposite where it's like Clippers gave up a ton, a ton to get Paul George. Like, so it's hard to say like what kind of value you're going to get for Harden. It's very rare to get like exact value back. And the Sixers don't have like the greatest assets. Ben Simmons is a good piece, obviously, because that's someone that matches salary. It's still someone that can give you like a competitive team. Um, or at least you can sell someone that he'll give you a competitive team. And then, you know, maybe some other pieces, and, and those are kind of a grab bag of whoever at this point, right? So obviously, the Sixers have a strong package, but I don't know if that's enough for James Harden. Like, again, this is a guy that's a... None of those guys that we just talked about were MVP candidate players. They weren't. Right. You know, th- that's that's the difference. The only thing that's comparable is Kawhi, which came with tons of question marks because he was on a one-year deal, you didn't know his exact health situation in terms of like how many times you were going to be able to play him. You know, is he going to get hurt and just he's done for the year and you just gave up whatever you gave up to get him for nothing? You know, like there was tons of questions about Kawhi and, and where he had been. You hadn't seen him play in a whole year. Like, there's a lot going on there. Um, James Harden is different because he's, he's scoring 40 a night. You know, everyone sees that. So, yeah, it's 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 a difficult situation. Ultimately, I think he gets his way, though. I think we've seen this time and time again that stars, when they want out, they'll force their way out by any means necessary. And I think I think Harden will be one of those guys. And I think Sixers, you have to say, are one of the leading candidates to get there. So I think at some point this year, I would be more surprised than not if James Harden finishes this year as a Rocket. But that's just my own guess. Yeah. That comes with no sourcing, obviously. I think the... One thing we're all hoping for is after the Sixers beat the Magic New Year's Eve, we just get to blast Sixers Sadie and Erica Isabel's, the most dynamic duo on Sixers Twitter right now, jamming with the piano and the violin. It's been a, you know, it's been a, a pretty good season so far for just like good Sixers wholesome content. Um, so yeah, that's that's a bright spot that we have at least. They have been uh, rock stars. Daryl Morey followed both of them, I believe. And uh, that video went super viral. And you know it's pretty good NBA content if uh, Wob's retweeting you. So, yeah. Shout out to uh, two more talented ladies on Sixers Twitter for doing the damn thing and catching the eyes of millions. Uh, One thing that we can celebrate, though, and probably continue to play this fantastic rendition of uh, Here Come the Sixers is the Eagle season's over. It, is, it does feel like a celebration. It is. Uh, our long national nightmare is almost over, but the league and NBC said, no, we're going to get you one more time, and we're going to flex the game <laughs> to Sunday night football for the world to see how bad this team truly is and uh, wait to crown the champion of the NFC East. I can't think of really a, be- a better way to cap off the NFL 2020 season with <laughs> The Eagles and the Washington football team. I, I really can't think of a better way. What an to, electric to, matchup to sign off. It's a bizarre decision, um, especially since they moved the Rams and Cardinals out of that spot. A game that could Thankfully. essentially, right? Yeah, but that could be a game that's essentially a playoff game. I know if the Bears win, I don't think it matters mm-hmm. um, necessarily because the Cardinals are out. But I think it matters a little bit to the Rams, or even you know Steelers Browns. Like, like there's tons, but that'll be like a rest bowl. Like the Steelers are probably resting yeah. everyone. So. I just think it's weird <laughs> that you're choosing the the explanation. A team that has absolutely no 
dog left in the fight whatsoever going in the Sunday. The explanation I saw was, one, they didn't want to put the Giants and Cowboys because if Washington won in the 1 o'clock slot, then that game would mean nothing. Right. Um, And then Washington and or, uh, Giants and Cowboys fans are now going to be watching Sunday Night Football because right. they're Which rooting for the Eagles You're to win. Big Screw markets. all of you. The Eagles need to lose this game. That's uh, what everyone needs to remember anytime the NFC East, like, even though they've sucked like a lot <laughs> in the last few years, like a lot of these matchups, first of all, they usually good entertainment. Yep. Uh, for a neutral, that Cowboys-Eagles game this past week was a lot of fun. Like, it was, it was a great watch. Obviously not for Eagles fans. Um, but they're also like... I don't know th- New York and Philadelphia, like that. In- this entire area is like, if not the largest, the top two largest. I mean, the only other yeah. place is L.A. Um, in terms of like viewership, and Dallas is like, quote unquote, America's team. And as much as we don't like them, they are well followed. They their draw team, ratings. Anytime they're on TV, people are watching them for good or for bad. Um, so you know, we always have to keep that in mind that it's a business. <laughs> they want as many eyes as possible on the games. It's just it's a weird matchup and. Yeah, we were doing a lot of uh, like schedule prediction, theorizing, and it's actually kind of worse than we thought. I yeah. think we were a little gracious <laughs> with this team, thinking they might get to five wins. They obviously still could, but I don't know if I'd bet on that exactly. Cause no, Washington's actually looked pretty competent. Obviously, the quarterback situation is like an enigma, but and I, hell, if Alex Smith plays in this game and clinches the NFC East, what a comeback story yeah. for NBC to view it's, it's for a great, everybody. It's a great bookmark for him as well yeah. um but i mean their defense has also looked amazing mm-hmm. and obviously the eagles have had some kind of a rebirth a little bit with you know jalen hurts obviously leading the line but uh it's a tough it's a tough tough ask obviously it's going to depend a lot on who washington has in but um i don't know if the eagles get to five wins which maybe they shouldn't because honestly no. Maybe picking high in the draft isn't such a bad thing. Yeah, they should lose, and Eagles fans, on Sunday, you should be rooting for the Atlanta Falcons, which I know is a tall task for them to win games too, but... They love they love to throw them away. Should be rooting for the Falcons, and you should be rooting for the Houston Texans to beat the Tennessee Titans, because if all of that happens, the Eagles beat out the Bengals for strength of schedule and clinch the third pick in the draft, which is essentially... Pick whoever you want because the Jaguars and Jets are picking quarterbacks. Yeah, you know who's going ahead of of, <laughs> of you there. You think at least. I you, don't know. You would maybe hope. They'll, maybe they'll zig when someone else is sacked. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you'll have you'll have tons of options there, and you could theoretically even trade down if you like. Because mm-hmm. you know, after those two, there's still lots of talent. You know, early on in the draft, um, so there's you have some flexibility there with with what you can do, and um, you have a lot of power, which is obviously good. So yeah, I, th- I think the. Eagles should definitely be losing as not, many games as possible. Uh, you know, don't listen to Jim Schwartz's no hat ceremony thing that he's preaching this week and trying to uh, spoil be season spoilers. Just let Washington trample all over you and realize that you stink as a football team, and change needs to be had. And the only way change is going to happen with this team is if you lose. Right. Um, just to give a picture of how bad the nfc east division is uh washington's point differential is zero (laughs) which is uh neutral you know pretty good for them they were in the positives before before this past week but so they're zero the other divisional leaders uh nfc north the packers plus 121 the saints plus 119 the seahawks plus 85 
the Bills plus 96, the Steelers plus 106, the Titans plus 49, the Chiefs plus 128, and the Washington football team is at zero. zero. <laughs> That's incredible stuff. Um, I mean, this has been a disastrous Eagles season, and feels like we've said that the last few years. Uh, some of it injury related, some of it management related a lot of bizarre decisions uh if you go back to the draft if you go back to i don't know some promotions of players and shuffling them around where maybe they aren't the best fit um all around it's just been a terrible year um but the issue is is that this isn't an easy fix i feel like people think that it is but it yeah. isn't uh you have huge decisions i mean this feels like a crossroads off season now for the eagles because you have huge questions about your GM slash president of football operations, whatever his actual title is. Um, you have huge questions about your head coach, practically every coordinator as well in terms of firing them. I think Jim Schwartz, he's gone. I, I don't expect him to be back. Obviously, you've, uh, I don't know, like $120 million question now with Carson Wentz and what to do with him. Are you just getting rid or is there like any kind of rehabilitation of him i don't know because the Carson Wentz to me feels like a guy that in two years eagles fans will be like really pissed off that that's not the ones that they had on their team i've said it time and time again if they end up trading him he's going to be this generation's drew Brees, where yeah he's gonna be injured on one team like breeze was with the chargers go somewhere else they're gonna figure him out He'll win a Super Bowl or two and have a successful NFL career. It, it's weird, too, because it feels like we've forgotten all the injuries that Wentz has had. And obviously those can derail a career. And he could very well get traded and similarly flame out. Like mm -hmm. There's there's a, a reality where that happens. Um, you know, but he has faced a lot of injuries in, the, in his career so far that I think have been detrimental to him. And part of that could be confidence. Part of this team sucks. Yeah. Like, I, the, like, the one take thing, the blinders off everybody. Right. Like the amount of people I saw two weeks ago when this Eagles team beat the Saints, they were like, "Oh, we're going to the playoffs." Yeah, like, it's, it's wake up. It's like, really strange. Because, take some smelling salts and wake up and realize that this team is not good, and they're not in a good position to be good for the next couple of years. Yeah, I mean they're they're old, and the guys that are and old expensive. are expensive are paid very well. Worst combo in football. They don't have any. Jalen Rager, sorry to say, it's been a tough year, so I'm going to give him lots of leniency. Yes. I'm going to give him the Thibault treatment. Really hard year. He missed, like, what, the first seven games Didn't have of the a training season. camp. Didn't have a training camp. So let's see him next year. He's shown some flashes. He's no Ortega Whiteside. We know that, but... Yeah. <laughs> it has been tough. We haven't seen... You haven't, haven't seen, seen the speed. You, haven't and seen what And that's what, you what was, like, pitched to you when right. you drafted Jalen Rager was... And it hurts especially when you see, like, I don't know, Justin Jefferson, like, being, like, the best NFL CD rookie Lamb. you've ever seen. CeeDee Lamb. Like, guys that all went around there that you, you could have had and you you don't. Like, that, that's a tough pill. But I think the jury's still out. Not ready to, like, condemn him to being terrible. I think it's been a really hard year to be a rookie in any sport. So let's check back next year. Miles Sanders has looked good, but there's been a weird scheme thing with him where they just don't give it they to him. They clamp him after, like, 13 to 15 carries. I don't get it. I, I don't understand why um but outside of those two there's no skill position player that like excites you that makes you think like wow well we have him moving forward so i have a lot of trust in that jalen hurts i think he's looked good but also like 
Wasn't it's, great against the Cowboys. It's been three games. Yeah. Like, that's not enough. <laughs> like, he could very well come back next year and be great. That's totally in the cards. We also know no clue if it's going to be him. That's right. That's why this is such a crossroads offseason because there's just huge decisions to be made that will affect this team for the next five years. And I think we'll be looking back at this offseason as like the either path to where we made good decisions and, oh, we're a contending team again because of, you know, we, we just decided to turn a new page, right? Or, well, we kind of had like two feet and two doors and, and stuck between two paths here. And, um, I hope that the Eagles can make the right decision. Don't know if they're going to because all the 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 news is that Howie Roseman's going to be staying. Um, There's your first mistake. That is a huge mistake because I think people have been really critical about his drafting, and that's fair. I've defended him at times because I think some people I think people like look at drafting very black and white. Yes, and just look back hindsight twenty twenty. You're like, well, why did we draft this guy? It's like, well, you know. It's not easy to just say that. Um, but but again, now there's the reports coming out saying that, you know, the Eagles front office is continuing to grow frustrated with some of the decision-making right. around, and that all points back to Howie Roseman. Yes, and and again, it, it, it becomes an indefensible point when this is yet another year where you've it looks like you've wasted a first-round pick, especially when there was much better talent available. Um, you could have moved up to grab someone like C.D. Lamb, like, there was a lot of options, and you just chose, like, you zigged when you should have zagged. And yes. that's been a lot of the, the Eagles' draft decisions the last few years. Even Jalen Hurts is, like, Big still time a strange, zig. strange pick in the second round, but whatever. Um, especially because you could have been as bad as you are this year and had probably, you could have, realistically, you could have had a, a number two pick. You could have had fields on this team. That's a total possibility with how actually bad the Eagles were. Um so yeah, I, I think this is a huge, huge offseason for the Eagles in terms of where they're going to be. Um, I think you should be clearing house. I think this year's pretty indefensible. I think Doug Peterson, I just, I think it's, I think the confidence, the romance, the love, the gleam in the eyes, it's all gone. Mm-hmm. Like there's, it's, and whether or not he's like a fraud, I don't know. I think that's an unfair like tag to put on him. But you also have to admit that this team has not looked good since 2017. And that's an indictment ultimately on the head coach. Like, he is responsible for making this team play well. Again, I think the larger issue is that this team has sucked because of poor drafting, poor roster decisions, poor they free. can't develop. Yeah, like, you know, how how many times are we going to hear about, like, Jordan Mailata and, like, how he's, like, well, this year, taking the he's big He's actually lead. looked good this year. Right, but, like... But over we, outside of the offensive line, are we going to see that? Like, I, I feel right, like because they hear, kept throwing Jason Peters. In there's there. like twelve guys like that that every year, are like, well, this is the year. Outside of the offensive line, what positional group as a whole, and the offensive line that, by the way, has allowed the most sacks? <laughs> yeah. So it's like eh, broke how, the NFL record for most combinations because of injury. They're how, old. How you good? Jason how good Peters are they back. that Carson Wentz is con- constantly getting massacred? Like, <laughs> you know, outside of that offensive line you know as a whole over the past four or five years what positional group has developed to get better under this regime none none and i mean that's if anything they've gotten worse yeah there's there's definitely been a regression there's been guys that leave here nelson aguilar has left here looks great (laughs) matt collins he's like a number one option um 
Uh, LJ Fort balling out for the Ravens. It's uh, Rasul Douglas has played well this year, hasn't he? Sidney like, Jones would lead the Eagles in interceptions this year. It's weird. It's Will Parks comes here Im- immediately goes, goes back to, to Denver, Denver and great. looks great again. Yeah, it's it's strange. That's for sure. So I think the Eagles in are, are in a tough spot. Um, someone made the comparison between them and the post two thousand eight Phillies uh, that just kind of every year, yep, things kind of got worse. Really, after like 2010, things just really started sliding downhill. And I think you could be on the very same path where it's like, wow, uh, we are hamstrung with bad contracts. Um, and that's hard to build out of. It just is. But thankfully, at least this year, they're going to have, they can't be lower than 10, right? So you're still at the very least going to have like a high draft pick to at least get a good starter, hopefully. Um, this team needs a lot of work. That's yeah. for sure. It is going to be. One of the most interesting and controversial off-seasons this team has had in quite some time. This is probably the biggest off-season since Andy Reid left, I would say. Yeah. Like, you know, in terms of, like, there needs to be... it out. You know, because there you pivot to Chip Kelly, right? And everyone kind of gets sold on that future. Terrible experiment. (laughs) It went very wrong. We know that. Like, that's the kind of pathway that you can be on now, though, right? Like, if you... I think... The Chip Kelly decision is staying with everyone, right? I but I really doubt that. Which again also leads back to Howie Roseman, right? But it, I I doubt pretty seriously that there isn't at least two firings, you know, oh, coming easily. like that's the minimum, absolute minimum. That would be and that would actually be worst case scenarios. Yes. Only two people are gone, um, because I think there needs to be a lot of change with these Eagles. And this is an unacceptable result, by the way, too. I mean, yeah. they're going to be at best five ten and one. That's terrible. The, this is the second or third most expensive team in the league coming into the season. I think most people expected this team to be a playoff team. Mm-hmm. At the very worst, like eight and eight would have been seen as like uh, it's kind of a bad year. Like seven and nine, like that's like a way above. Eight and eight, you can be like oh, pandemic. <laughs> right, right. Um, Especially since you were the only team in the division not to change head coaches. Right. You know, there, there was so much going on with these other teams, and you looked at their situation and thought, all right, well, we're gonna rise above that. And that just hasn't obviously hasn't been the case. So it's been um, a, a, a very bad season, and I expect people to be out of jobs because of it. You know, and I, I think that's the way it goes. Yeah, that's just what has to happen. And uh, in Major League Baseball, with the San Diego Padres, I feel like will always be linked to the Philadelphia Phillies because of the Machado Harper off season. They're once again linked because the Padres are having fun, and the Phillies are stuck in neutral. Must be nice. It's be nice to live in San Diego, have beautiful weather, a beautiful man and Manny Machado, a really fun team. That One of the cares. best young stars in Fernando Tatis Jr. Oh, and your your front office goes out and gets two elite caliber starting pitchers to add to an already disgusting rotation. And you could argue the Padres have a chance to really go head-to-head with the Dodgers next year. It must be nice to have like a competent front office competent team that like is committed to winning and being cool while doing it that must be really 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 cool <laughs> i'd love to have that someday <laughs> blake snell and you darvish go to the padres while the phillies allegedly according to john clark haven't even made a formal offer to jt Romuto, who is allegedly the one guy that john middleton is claiming He's willing to break the bank for. Who didn't we get a? We did Jose sign Alvarado. Jose Alvarado, which I'm very excited about. 
So at least we're addressing something, but that was like we were just kind of like a throw-in in a trade. It was a we three-team were... trade. Uh, we sent Garrett Clevenger, who we got from the Baltimore Orioles a couple seasons ago, to the Dodgers, which that whole three-team trade, the one red flag I had immediately, even though we got Alvarado back and I'm excited about him, was you were involved in a three-team trade with the Dodgers and the Rays, who yeah. are two of the smartest teams in baseball. They were both just in the World Series. We are the smart kid that everyone, that the two popular kids look at in the class. Like, we can make him do all the work. Yeah. <laughs> and Sam Fold. We will exploit his labor. <laughs> Sam Fold, the Phillies' new GM, which I'm excited about, used to work for both Andrew Friedman and Eric Neander. It's not great, but <laughs> it's, it's at least an addition. He's great. Alvarado's great. So... That's good. And we it's, tweeted it's out a area, highlight tape it's, of his. It's an area of need, which is yeah. also... lefty reliever. Put him in there with Jojo Romero, Hector Neris. It's it's just the the problems, I think, go higher. It's a it's a, <laughs> it's a fine move. It's not right. a move-the-needle move, move. But this is likely going to be the only like new acquisition we make, which sucks and isn't good <laughs> for yeah. the team whatsoever. And I think that the larger problem is you have John Middleton... Who I think we've repeatedly talked about just doesn't want to spend money for this team, I which I don't know. I agree, but ever since the Dombrowski hiring and that Jason Stark article, which I talked about on a podcast a couple of weeks ago, I don't know. I kind of like, not that I trust Middleton, because I still think there's a lot of issues with him, but seeing stuff in that Jason Stark article, and I take what Jason Stark reports on and gets fed you know, pretty well. He's in the know. I I kind of regained a little bit of confidence, I'd say, in John Middleton, where the list for the GMs... How's that Kool-Aid taste? <laughs> <laughs> needs ice. It's pretty warm. Um, yeah, you're not getting ice from John Middleton. No. You know how much it costs to run a, a freezer? Two billion. <laughs> uh, two and a half. I think it's two and a half, actually. But I don't know. I feel like if you bring in Dombrowski, which we've had our gripes with but at least he gives like he can talk unlike Middleton unlike Klentak I feel like if you're bringing him in you're you're gonna spend money in some aspect because that's a guy who yeah. is notorious for spending money and being able to like wheel and deal yeah he's he's the guy that accelerates you towards contending my issue is that we are an asset stripped club right now there's not there's not tons to work with like as far as trades go it has to be a trade like what just happened where yeah. we're just kind of an an add on and like a third party deal for actually really good players we're just kind of getting a, a cast off there in a way not that Alvarado's bad but like we're not getting a U Darvish right like right so we don't have like the ability to make big swings everything has to be pretty much free agency at this point you probably have one good trade left yeah with the and even then like do you actually want to do that which Dombrowski has a history of doing. I just think it's it's a the issue with with that hiring is that it's very much in line with what we've seen every offseason for the past two or three, and that it's a kind of a big flashy move with no substance. Bryce Harper was a huge signing, brought a lot of like I think like vigor back into like the fan base. Everyone got really excited about it, but there's nothing else. There's nothing else to get happy with, and Bryce Harper on his own isn't going to change this right. team. It's like that same thing again, where it's like, all right, well, like. Where are we actually going to go from here? <laughs> like, I, I, I need, I need to see a path 
that I don't currently see to this team being a contender. And it feels like everyone else around you is getting better. Mm-hmm. And where where is that improvement actually coming from? I I don't know. I but, think the the like bright spot from the Dombrowski hiring and everything unfolding is that Sam Fold is the GM. He's young. He's been with the organization since 2017 and kind of he was the the liaison between the players and the the analytics department and everything. So like he communicates. And I think that's a big plus for this team in terms of having that as a GM compared to, you know, wet napkin Matt Klentek. And I think he brings a lot to the table that Dombrowski lacks. And I think Dombrowski realizes that. So if they can work together and kind of, you know, be a tag team in a sense where yes, it's Dombrowski's show kind of like how it's Daryl Morey's show with the Sixers, but if they can work in unison and kind of, you know, bounce things off of each other, which I think, or at least we're hoping Daryl Morey and Elton Brand are doing, I think it's a very similar situation. Right. I just, I am very much a believe it when I see it when it comes yes. to the Phillies and which we have every right to be because a few bright moves don't change the fact that John Middleton has been stingy with money. Correct. And, that, and one article, well-sourced article, does not change that there's been other well-sourced articles about John Middleton complaining that he has no money and that the Phillies are his only asset and they're not bringing really any money in, which is hilarious because it's his fault that they aren't because yes. he's <laughs> whatever. I, you know, I just it just worries me because I think things are still rotten at the top. I just do. I still think this organization has tons of problems. Uh, like the fact that Matt Klontak is still somehow involved in this organization is stupid and immature and sophomoric and unprofessional. <laughs> I mean, whatever tagline you would have put on it, you know. But it's just, I'm gonna have to believe when I see it. And still, this team has made no actual moves. Everyone, everyone is making moves. Yeah. That the Padres saw that they can be a great team if they take that next leap. The Phillies were in that position two years ago that they could have taken a leap like that. Maybe not to that extent, and they weren't as good as the Padres were last year, but like they had that opportunity, and they kind of squandered it. And now they're, they're likely going to do it again because we're sitting here in December now, almost January, and there's, there's just nothing. We don't know what's happening with JT. It's looking likely that he's resigning because you look at all his possible destinations and the Mets have already moved on completely and money's drying Padres up. Padres just place. traded for a catcher. Right, like it's just likely that he's going to be returning. Um but I mean, like, if so, what? <laughs> like, if, we already we've already seen this team in its current iteration, and I'm not like, I'm not sold on this team like improving a ton. Now I think they'll be better than they were last year. But it's not like this is like a super young team that's going to really just kind of develop. Like, most of our star players are in their primes right now. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you might get like a better season, but that's it. You're not like you're not seeing some huge development jump. I think the only person you can say that from is Bohm, and that's it i i don't know i just yeah i think i think we're in a really tough spot and i'm just i'm not sure where where it where it comes from what would you put because i i said this i think last week i'm at like a 75 percent confidence rate that jt's back i'd go i've been confident from the very beginning that he's coming back just because especially I think, after mccann went to the mets and right the the astros brought back um I think it was uh, Castro is back with them, and now the the Padres traded for a catcher. 
I'm at like a 75% confidence, the 25% being, will they shell out the money? Right. But I, I think there just won't be... I think the, the longer it goes, the better it is for the Phillies. Right. I've said and, that from the jump. And I think that's that's been my opinion and feeling, too, is that the money probably wasn't going to be there from other teams, um, and the Phillies would likely match. I, I just... I, I can't see them letting him And walk. I'm calling the bluff on the Nationals. You right. know, th- there are people talking to JT. The Nationals have like six guys on that roster, plus the, the contract that they offer to Bryce Harper. That is so deferred. JT doesn't want that. JT yeah. wants the money up front. He wants to change the market for the catching position. Will that happen? That remains to be seen. But JT's not going to go to a team where they're going to be paying him when he's like 67 years old because they have no money and they're potentially even more stingy than John Middleton. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I I would put it close to 90% that he's back just because the most likely destination other than the Phillies was the Mets in terms of it's close still, right? He money. barely has to relocate. They, they would have paid him well. It's a team that you could definitely say is like on a good pathway, right? They have a, a ambitious new owner. Their a team JT away. It, and yeah, exactly. Their team itself isn't bad. They have a good pitching rotation. They've got some good, like, exciting players. It's definitely, yeah, it's New York, too. What a, you right. know, what a place to play baseball, right? And it's a, a fan base I think is also passionate as much as we, like, it's fun to rag on the Mets because they're the Mets, but people love the Mets, and they love them through all the absolute terrible garbage that they throw at them. They love it. <laughs> they love garbage. <laughs> um, Been to a World Series more more uh, recently than us. M1 won, though, so. That's true. Isn't that what counts? <laughs> And they'll be back in 15 years. Well, I guess now it's 10. Yeah. So 2030 they'll get. Clock's there. ticking. Hey, good for them. You know, so that was to me like the biggest contender. Now that they're off the table, I just, I, I feel like it's, it, the ball is very much in the Phillies court, but there's absolutely still a chance that he leaves. But I just, I've definitely grown more confident now. Yeah, I think the longer it goes as well, the money dries up. We've seen this a lot where the money just dries up other places and you could potentially, you know, lose out on that money and, I just don't know that people are willing to pay what he's expecting mm-hmm. for a catcher. Um, and, I mean, he's, like, not, like, it's tough because baseball, these guys get screwed out of money so much. And, you know, he's almost 30 already. And this is, like, his big payday. Right. And this is probably his last one, too, like, realistically. Like, the odds of him signing a five- or six-year deal and still being that quality of player at 35, 36, just unlikely. And that's no, like, slight on him. It's just what happens yes, it's age you know um so yeah I, I just i don't i don't see that really but yeah. he'll still get paid i think he's still gonna get a great deal agree it, it will be from the phillies 2021 on the horizons figure we wrap up uh this hellscape of a year with uh one our biggest wishes for our teams in 2021 uh also philadelphia union getting a nice chunk of change for those transfers right close to close to 10 million it seems between brendan aronson and mark mckenzie both which is obviously good that's that's obscene money for <laughs> shout out kevin durant right exactly yeah <laughs> kevin durant seeing uh good residuals now um yeah it's, it's good we'll see obviously what that gets put towards the mls is like in an interesting spot because who knows what's going to be happening february march right but um yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see what the union do with that money. Probably a lot of it is going to go back into developing what the union are good at, which is the academy. But you know, to have the biggest export out of a, a youth setup, you know, leaving your team and then Mark McKenzie kind of right behind him. Those are two big losses. Obviously, it's yeah. good for kind of the health of the club. But when you're talking about losing them talent wise, you know, 
it's going to be hard to <laughs> replicate that in some way, but you know, you have to, to use another Philly term, trust the process a little bit. And that's what the union are going to be. They're going to be a team that develops young talent and brings them through. There's still Kai Wagner as well to like kind of decide on his future. So it's going to be a, a little bit of a transition year. I don't know that we'll see like, you know, another supporter shield next season, but it's still going to be a good team, which is exciting. Put that money in the bank, get a little interest on it. Right, bring, exactly. Bring Messi over. <laughs> if Messi comes, he's going to Miami, unfortunately. I think that's <laughs> that's the rumor, at least. That would be absurd. Yeah, you're going to hear a lot of that because he did an interview where he like he uh, he said that he would love to play yeah. in the U.S. someday. And so, God alone. And then knows. Ronaldo will come over. And yeah. We'll have that in the MLS. That'd be great. If I mean, if Ronaldo wants to come to Philly, it'd be, hey. it'd be spectacular. Uh Biggest hopes and aspirations for each team in 2021. It's a championship for all of them, baby. <laughs> um, try and keep it realistic. I think for the Sixers, it's a trade for James Harden to win a championship, which I actually think is the most realistic of all the hopes and aspirations. Um, I'd love to see this team win a ring. That'd be great. But yeah, that, that would definitely be number one overall for me. Um, for the Phillies... Sign JT already. <laughs> Sign JT. Uh, <laughs> if you could like get a weird cloning thing of Chase Utley, Jimmy Rollins, right? <laughs> really, really streamline that process. I think uh, for the Phillies this year, it's. Um, I would love to see. I would love to see like a really like kind of blockbuster trade. I don't know who for, but I would love to see like just someone to get excited about again, and. Uh, I'm excited to see a hopefully 162 game season from them and what that looks like. Cause as negative as we've been about them, we barely even saw like a third of a season, mm-hmm. you know, last time out and they looked good. And you know, there's some hopeful signs there and Bryce had a hell of a year. So I'm mostly just looking forward to seeing a full Philly season again. And hopefully that it's an exciting one to hope maybe by the you know next August, September, we could actually go see a game. That'd be super sick. A playoff game. A playoff game. Would be that great. is my hope for the Phillies. I'd love make I'd the playoffs. Love to see October baseball. That again. is that is my twenty twenty one. That's a great. Hope. That's a great hope and aspiration. Get back to the that. playoffs. Like uh, I don't even care if it's you know just one. Just get into the freaking playoffs because I think just getting there will give a lot of these guys like Reese, like Nola, Wheeler, Bohm, just that taste of the playoffs that none of these guys have had. Yeah, it'd be nice. That's Plus, for sure. Bryce in the playoffs would be. So fun. Uh, Flyers winning a Stanley Cup. That's my hope and aspiration. They had a great year last year. That was January I think, 13th. I think, you know, if we if we don't have COVID, lots of things <laughs> lots of things change with that, right? But I think the Flyers, they're the odds-on favorite to win the Cup. They had such insane momentum. It's wild. And it's, it's a bummer, right? But um, And the way that they left the playoffs kind of sucks, but... I do think this is a team that makes a, a, a sizable leap again because they're pretty young, and that's that's going to be fun. And I, I think they're a realistic contender as well, which is really exciting. Who we have left? Jesus. Those damn Eagles. Ah, <laughs> very forgettable. <laughs> very forgettable year. I think, if I'm being realistic, a Super Bowl is just out Off of reach the for them. Uh, I think for just the health and, and the future sanctity of the team, just some smart decisions are made this offseason. You keep the draft pick at three. I think trading down might work for you, but I think you just take best talent available. You don't even go for a fit. Just take the best guy that's yep. there, and Penesuo, please. Yeah, and just and and just move on from there. I think you have to pretty much clean house. That would be my my hope for this team. Um, 
and next year is a brighter year. And you clear up a lot of the questions that we have about the Eagles. And for the Union, I'd love to see them bounce back and um, have another great season. I hope we get another full season. I hope everyone has full seasons. That'd yes. be sick if we get to <laughs> see it all out. That'd be cool if we had uninterrupted sports. But maybe that's too lofty. I don't know. Uh, Sixers find somebody who just wants to take Tobias' contract, burn it up, and sign him to a new one. Uh, no, but I, I, I don't know where I'm at on the whole if Harden will be here or not situation. But if it happens, just embrace whatever happens. I think that's that's my wish is like if if the Harden deal happens, I want Sixers fans to just embrace this team. Don't you know? It it will inevitably inevitably happen that people will tear it down and you know cause a mass hysteria about it. But just embrace whatever happens because I trust Daryl Morey. Yeah, that's been the I biggest trust positive of Philly sports in 2020. Yeah. I think it's been Daryl Morey <laughs> rejuvenating the Sixers. Uh, the Eagles. It starts on Sunday because that is 2021. Lose. <laughs> Just lose on Sunday. Hopefully get that number three pick. And just embrace yourself for a monumental offseason. Because I don't think anybody knows what's going to happen. It's going to be wild. Uh, Phillies, like I said, just make the playoffs. Do what it takes to make the playoffs. Once you're in, anything can happen in baseball. Um, And sign JT for the love of all that is holy. Just make it happen already. It should have happened two years ago. You got Major League Baseball tweeting out, you know, pitchers who you think is going to make the, I think it was like 3,000 strikeout club, and they put Sixto Sanchez on it already with 33 strikeouts. Like, it's bad enough that we traded him. Like, hurts a lot. Can we just sign JT already? Uh, and the Flyers just keep building. Like, yeah. that, that team, I think, they're doing it silently, and I think just because of the popularity of the NBA, the Sixers get a lot of hype about just how things are, you know, chugging along right now. Flyers are doing a damn good job of putting this team together with, you know, vets that have been here, like Drew, like Voracek, and then integrating that youthful talent like Carter Hart, Provi, TK, all those guys. Just keep building. You know, if you have to make a move here or there, I trust Chuck Fletcher. Yeah. More than, you know, Middleton, more than anybody in that Eagles front office right now. Flyers just keep building. Union. Let's just keep the, the upward trajectory going. I trust that front office, too. Um, Another trophy next year. Yeah. Be nice. Keep bringing hardware in. And uh, last one. Dream guest for us on the show. James Harden. <laughs> <laughs> um, Whether it's attainable or not. You know, you know how I'd love to just chat with Mark Zumoff? Just seems like yes. a absolutely awesome... He'd be like a great podcast guest because he just seems he's incredibly charismatic, great voice, very knowledgeable. He's watched tons of basketball in his life. Just seems like an all-around great dude. Mark Zumoff, I would love to have you on the show and and listen to you talk. I wouldn't know if I'd even have anything to say. I think I just I could just listen to him rattle off. He is one of those guys that like yeah. he could just in normal times anything. I would say I'd love to have a beer with him, but like you know. <laughs> can't really do that right now but yeah mark zoom off would be fantastic. when things are normal and if zoom off wants to come hang yeah let's do it uh i'm gonna go 
super off the cut. Miles Teller. Yeah. He'd be super fun just kind of getting his backstory on his his fandom, you know, being that I think he's like the Philadelphia super fan that doesn't get the notoriety. Yeah, Will Smith gets a lot more love than he does. Kevin whereas, Hart gets a lot more love. The Kevin Hart one is weird too cuz Will Smith, I remember like being like a big Eagles fan as like a kid, like mm-hmm. when the Eagles were obviously great. Like I remember he did the the Super Bowl promo for the Eagles mm-hmm. when they when they played the Patriots. Um so like Will Smith always in my mind was like, ah, oh, it's Philly, but like Kevin Hart has always felt like have you always really been like right. a Philly sport? Because I don't remember I knew you were from Philly, <laughs> but like I don't remember you doing all this before like the Sixers were good. I don't know. Uh, Miles Teller's always been there. Miles Teller's definitely on my Ryan Phillippe would be fun. Another guy who I think doesn't get a lot of notoriety for being being a Philly sports fan. And then uh, front office-wise, I feel like it would be a ton of fun to just pick the brain of Michael Rubin. That would be good. So if any of them want to come on the podcast in 2021, we're available. Just Literally, give us a buzz. Nothing to do. Slide in the DMs. <laughs> we, have, we, have, we have not much going on. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, if Michael Rubin wants to uh, have fanatics invest in us, you know. Yeah, it'd be cool. We're about it. Let's let's talk. But I'll take it. Uh, any final thoughts, Matt? As we um, embark into 2021. Uh, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> let's hope 2021 is a lot better. It's not going to get immediately better or easier, uh, or less dark, or less sucky, or less crappy. Takes all of us. It does take all of us, and I truly believe that this time next year, a lot of the bad that we went through this year will be in our history and we won't be living through it anymore so be good to each other wash your hands still wear those masks uh and it feels like it's over soon who knows obviously right but um we're almost there at least yeah <laughs> we're almost at a year <laughs> which is just terrifying uh. but you know, you know I, I truly do believe this time next year will be in a much much better place um yeah and just make it easy on other people that's the best thing you can do Hey, this is your first podcast as an engaged man, too. Yeah, yeah. I This is my brother now. Yeah. We're, we went from friends growing yeah. up to high school friends to now, uh, you know, podcast hosts for almost three years, yes. which is stupid that we've been able to do this for three years. Uh, and now we're brothers. Right. Yeah, so 2020 hasn't been all bad. <laughs> it's, 2020 has thrown a lot of curveballs in a lot of directions. And I'm sure, you know, everyone in their life now has had like something has been affected in some way by 2020. If you haven't, you're very lucky. And that's that's great. Um, but, yeah, it's it's obviously it's been the worst year of my life in a lot of ways. It's also been the best year of my life in a yeah. lot of ways. So learned a lot with the bad. And uh, we got some big things coming in 2021 across the board. So that's why you guys should be following us on social media. If you're watching on Twitch, you can follow us on Twitch twitch.tv slash underground sports phi it's where our live shows go down and uh steven schneider has been killing it on our twitch channel pro golfer over the past few months big time pro golf guy uh so he's on here all the time and then this is where our live shows happen twitch.tv slash underground sports phi and then uh you can follow matt on twitter at matt castarina i think my goal for you in 2021 get matt to 500 followers yeah look at that i don't i don't tweet nearly enough Get him to 500. Don't he deserves it. Enough. Uh, you like cat pictures. I am your man. Sixers, Liverpool. Yeah. He's the guy. And then when the Flyers are back, 
tweets about the Flyers, too. Yes, me and Linus both. Uh, guys. You can follow me on Twitter at KBIZZL311. And follow the podcast on social at UndergroundPHI. I just started a new IGTV series. Went live this morning with our guy Richie Riv. Uh, unplugged Shot Clock Sixers game recaps going on there after every Sixers game. A lot of fun. Check it out. Underground PHI, Twitter and Instagram. Subscribe to the podcast. On Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, the TuneIn app, iHeartRadioRadio.com. Wherever you get your podcast, we are there. Before our three-year anniversary, it'd be dope if we hit 300 five-star ratings and reviews. We're almost there. We're at 261. 39 away from 300. Let's make it happen. Uh, you know, are you not entertained? 300? Let's, it's a great movie. Let's get it going. Uh, five stars only because we have standards. We know you do too. Let us know how you feel about James Harden potentially being a sixer. I know we've been talking about that for a while, but... We want to hear from you. If you leave it, we'll read it on the podcast. And uh, check out all of our other podcasts as well. Outside the Box, doing a ton of lacrosse things. We just hit 150 lifetime episodes on that show. Streamer season has been an absolute success. Back on the podcast charts again last week. Uh, fourth and Goal, wrapping up another fantasy season. And a bunch, much more. And then UndergroundSportsPhiladelphia.com is the website. Getting a revamp going into the new year as well. Uh, so you don't want to miss out on all of our written content. Got a very fun story from uh, an outside source coming in that is going to be pretty awesome. It's about, you know, athletes and their off-the-field brands. I'm very excited to get that story published, so don't miss it, undergroundsportsphiladelphia.com. And it wouldn't be possible without our incredible sponsors, like I said at the top of the show, who stuck with us through all of 2020 when they didn't have to, yet they did. Um so we're very, very appreciative of Maine Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot Security 21 Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novick Auto Mall, Mark Ronchetti CPA LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. Of course, our two sponsors that hopped on during 2020, Tomahawk Shades, Manscaped, same promo code on the websites, Tomahawk Shades, you get 25% off your order, and for a limited time, all domestic orders qualify for free shipping manscape.com you get 20 percent off in free shipping uh with our promo code usp the way math adds up we're also going to hit 300 lifetime episodes on this show in 2021 math is amazing isn't it stupid you guys are the absolute best uh wouldn't be able to do this show without you so shout out to all of our listeners and followers for uh supporting us this entire year when sports shut down and we were still figuring out ways to do shows. Absolutely <laughs> stupid. Feels like forever ago. Uh, Feels like the night that we signed off and then found out that Rudy Gobert had COVID and Tom Hanks had COVID and Donald Trump <laughs> shut down uh, flight from Europe was like, that feels like seven years ago. Yeah. <laughs> and it also feels like last week. Right. Just 2020 was an enigma. Fever dream. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, everybody have a safe, happy, healthy new year, and we will talk to you guys in 2021. So for everybody here at Underground Sports Philadelphia, for Matt, I'm KB. We are signing off. Peace.